before we get going, here's the bit where I remind you that nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets. You're about to listen to a special preview edition of Shifts Happen, featuring my co-host and friend Luke Groman of Forest for the Trees. The situation in Russia uh, is so much broader than what's going on in the battlefield, and no one has done a better job over the last 10 years, in my mind, than Luke Groman of laying out the enormous amount of puzzle pieces that have been falling into place um, in terms of the global financial system, the challenges to it. The, the war in Ukraine has been nothing but an accelerant to that. Uh, the path we've been on has been laid out in front of us for, for quite some time now, and we are now marching down it very, very rapidly. So what follows is a conversation Luke and I had on Monday, 10th of October, about all the various things that are happening to try and put some perspective around what the real war in Ukraine is. Um, we're not getting political. This is not about the war itself, but the war behind the war, which is the war going on in the global financial system. And it is... If you're interested in such things, quite the story. Every episode of the Grant Williams podcast, including Shifts Happen, The End Game, Super Terrific Happy Hour, This Week in Doom, and The Narrative Game, uh, is available to Copper and Silver Tier subscribers at my website, grant-williams.com. Copper Tier subscribers get access to all the podcasts, and members of the Silver Tier get both the podcasts and my monthly newsletter, Things That Make You Go Hmm. So, if you enjoy what you hear on the show and you want more high-quality content like it, then please... Make your way over to grant-williams.com and join our exciting community today. And with that, on with the show. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Shifts Happen. Uh, joining me to bring the intelligence to this conversation that I lack, for the most part, is my buddy Luke Groman. Hi, mate. How are you? Doing great, Grant. How are you today? I'm doing just just dandy, just dandy. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while, and you and I were just talking um, off mic about just how fast things are happening right now. And you know, it really seems to me that um, you know the, the 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 enormous slice of serendipity that brought you and I together back in 2014 odd. You know, with me finding that report of yours screwed up in the back of an airport airplane seat back, I still can't quite believe that whole thing. But um, you know, we've been talking about this for for. Well, eight, eight odd years now. And um, when we began talking about, when I first read what you'd written about the, the kind of much bigger game that was in, afoot, um, it just instantly made sense to me. And and that, I think, um, put me at a, an advantage to, to many people that read your your stuff because it's, it's out there, right? It, it's the kind of stuff that you really have to sit back and think about. You really have to take a really broad view to try and, get your head around all the moving parts. And, and I think with what's happening at the moment, there's so much rat-a-tat-tat machine gun news happening every day. It just makes it harder for people to to sit back and find the time and the space to think about the really big picture stuff. And you do it, honestly, mate, better than anybody. So I, I, I'm keen to have this conversation with you and kind of kick through a few of the updates on what's happening. So so you, you wrote one of your amazing tree rings reports last Friday and a lot of that focused on the treasury market, which is really kind of ground zero for where the battle's being fought. So, so let's kick off there and let's talk about, um, you know, I, I guess the first item you had was talking about mainstream media not really understanding 
where Putin is in this. So, so let, let's kick off with that, and, and I'll let you run with it, and I will, I will follow along yapping at your heels as best I can. <laughs> you, you sell yourself way short, but no, thank you. Um, I, I think it's important in the context of that question to go back to this conversation that you and I had back eight months ago or seven months ago, I guess, right, in early March, where we said, look, I, I, my, my view was that Western analysts were, by and large, uh, heavily underweighting uh, the amount of leverage that Putin had and what was happening. And my point in saying that was, I, I think he knew two things, two big gears that he under, he, that he could that he two pillars he could base his his position on, which is number one, the world uh, cannot survive without his energy. Number two, the West is way more indebted than he is, and and that that would turn it into a balance sheet contest. And if it turned into a balance sheet contest, he would be in better shape than the West, and the West would break first. And so if we look forward seven months from when we had that conversation, uh, empirically, we can see the world cannot survive without his energy, full stop. We're yeah. seeing in Europe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't even think we need to spend that much time on that. The world can't. We're talking about you know people burning garbage in Poland to stay warm, so on and so forth. Okay. So that that was sort of statement number one. Pillar number one is holding up very well under the pressure of Western sanctions, et cetera, et cetera. The second thing I think we're seeing play out really in the last couple of weeks, which is Western sovereign debt, if you take away Russia's energy, if you just raise the price of energy, you don't take it away, you just raise the price of energy, you're going to start putting pressure on Western sovereign debt markets, Western debt markets more broadly. Uh, and we've started to see these stresses emerging when you talk about what the Bank of England was forced to do, uh, I guess, two weeks ago. Um, what, you know, fascinating to this morning or today as we're speaking, it's, it's, it's Monday the 10th. Uh, Bank of England's had to upsize that. They've had mm -hmm. to, and you're already seeing the gilt market and gilt yield, 10-year gilt yields right back to the highs where they were 10 days ago, already testing the BOE. Um, European Central Bank has had to come out with, they've called it, what their anti-fragmentation strategy. Or, yeah. They basically, they ran the Weimar Germany energy playbook. Oops, we lost our energy. Okay, we're going to print money instead. Oh, now why are our periphery yields rising? This does, Well, of course it makes sense. Well, then they run anti-fragmentation. Uh, policies to I, I would, what did Lagarde call it is to, to better reflect the economic fund fundamentals, yes, which is yes. hilarious, right? It's because beautiful, that. the fragmentation it's, was the fundamentals, exactly right? So, right. so you've got yield curve control. You know, the European central the European sovereign debt market breaking. You have the uh, Bank of England, the, the the gilt market breaking. Uh, Bank of Japan, of course, went into um, uh, upsized yield curve control all in April, as you know. The time we wrote, you know, not even, you know, the title of the report was Bank of Japan upsizes QE into an inflation spike. If the Fed doesn't follow soon, a major global crisis will follow. The Fed didn't follow with you know, yield curve control, a major global crisis followed. You've seen <laughs> um, the same. So you've had, if you call sort of the four biggest central banks, um, we'll leave China out of it for a second. UK, EU, Japan, US. Three of the four sovereign debt markets have been forced into some version of yield curve control. And the U.S. is uh, straining mightily. Um, uh, there was a great quote we had uh, that uh, a friend of ours sent from Harley Bassman, who's uh, mm -hmm. brilliant. And um, people have been showing ourselves included this, the move index of, of treasury volatility. And, and Harley has a public missive. You can sign up for it. I would highly recommend anybody yes. do that. You just Google it and, and read it. And, and he had this missive last Tuesday where <laughs> he invented this index. 
And with this level, with the move index where it is today, the Fed has already lost control of the Treasury market. His words, yeah. not mine. And so you've got three of the four big central banks, uh, four of the three of the four Western central uh, big big Western central banks, uh, in some form of yield curve control or another. And the Treasury market's straining mightily. And in the meantime, two weeks ago, the Russians cut rates. And the currency rose again against the dollar. It's been remarkably steady, around 60 rubles to the dollar this whole time. Um, and we, what I would finish before we continue with the conversation with this chart in this report that, that you're aware of is if you uh, – Barton Biggs had a great book, the old – I think it was Morgan Stanley strategist, um, yeah. uh, Wealth, War, and Wisdom. And I read it in 2008, and it's a really good book that looks um, at World War II uh, through the eyes of markets. And it shows that markets were discounting things well in advance of common knowledge. Famous one he highlighted was the Battle of Midway, where oh, the yeah. Japanese said, hey, we won. Uh, yeah, we took a couple losses, but we won. The Americans said, we won, and no one knew for sure, but the stock market basically bottomed at the Battle of Midway and never looked back. And, and in hindsight, it was obvious we had... Uh, scored a huge naval victory. The Japanese would never be able to uh, really mount an offensive um, uh, of serious nature on U.S. West Coast or why anything like that ever again. And markets discounted this. So by the bottom, I think June of 42, April 42, never looked back. We have this chart that shows uh, four things. Uh, the the, the uh, inverted U.S. 10-year yield, inverted 10-year uh, gilt yield, U.K. government bond yield, uh, the United States Strategic Petroleum Reserve, or SPR, inventory level, and the price of oil. And you can see these charts, this chart that if markets are sort of picking winners and losers, what you can see is, is that energy prices are flat to up slightly versus mm -hmm. where they were when Russia invaded Ukraine. Uh, the price, and again, this is inverted yield for effect, but the price UK ten-year UK ten-year uh, uh, government bonds in the U.S. and U.K. have fallen sharply since then, and the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve inventory has fallen sharply, uh, and that's a finite reserve. So that is yep. at some point going to run out, and oil will go even higher. So you look at this chart and you say, for all of the noise, for all of the uh, propaganda from all sides of this whole thing, as you know, you you we're living through this fog of war from all sides on social media, which is arguably the first war that we've seen uh, on, on social media. The markets are telling you that in a battle that we laid out back in March in our conversation between energy and Western sovereign debt, energy's winning, walking away, going away, and it's going to keep winning. And, and once you understand that, and then you factor in what happened last week with the, you can start thinking about things like the, the, the blow up of the Nord Stream pipelines. And then what I thought was a huge moment with that OPEC um, yeah, OPEC the production cut. With, yeah, the yeah. production cut. So that's sort of a brief, I think, uh, synopsis that I think gets us kind of, kind of to today and, and touches on some of those things. Well, I, I need to insert a sound effect here of me rolling my sleeves up because there's just so much to get into here. And, and and I guess what I want to start with is is the ability that we need to have, frankly, and and, and a lot of people don't have it to to disassociate the war in terms of the physical battleground and the economic implications. The full conversation is available to subscribers to the copper and silver tiers of my website, grant-williams.com.
nothing we discuss should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets.